All right, this is Dark Days Radio, episode number 106. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by a legend from Down Under, Pete. How's it going, Pete? I'm good, man. Am I a thunder from Down Under is the question. Absolutely. You're just, you're rocking it with that low, deep voice and uh, just getting us psyched for this topic ahead of us. Yeah, tonight we're going to talk about a, uh, a couple of different things, actually, but mainly the World of Future Darkness article that was published uh, way back in 1994 in White Wolf Magazine. So uh, definitely something cool. That's 25 years. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, uh, we're finally at the point where we're digging into the White Wolf Magazine, seeing what kind of cool, goofy stuff we can find. Yeah, there was a lot in there back in the day. There was like oh, different yeah. adventures, a lot of uh, lot of story hooks, alternate rules, and uh, a lot of just very unique ideas that uh, maybe wouldn't have been fleshed out into like a full source book. <laughs> True. But uh, before we get to that content, Pete, uh, what kind of gaming have you been doing? What's your game update? All right, so down under what's been happening, um, I have been playing uh, my good friend Jim's ongoing Starfinder campaign. That's been a lot of fun. Nice. Have you, have, have you, tried, it, have you tried that one at all? Nope, I've barely even looked at it. Uh, I know okay, so Matt, in the uh, uh, one of the Dark Days hosts, is pretty into Starfinder. All right, the way I would describe Starfinder, yeah, let's, let's, let's get contentious, good rifts. So yeah, it's, it's it's that sort of mix of, of of science and fantasy, with a with a rule setting that doesn't make you want to strangle someone, named Kevin Simbiata. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's it works, man. It's just it's a lot of fun. Um, we're sort of playing, you know, we're sort of um, playing, I guess, almost sort of Shadowrun slash sort of um, Firefly, sort of you know, um, you know, criminals criminals with a with a ship and a mortgage to a, to a crime boss. Nice. So, and we're having, yeah, just a lot of fun with it. The system works very well. It's maybe a little bit more complex than I'm used to because um, I, I sort of came up, uh, Vampire was my jam coming up. You know, a lot of people started with D&D. I started with Vampire. So, you know, the the base level, um, base level sort of second edition uh, World of Darkness was sort of, you know, about as real complex as I want to get. And remember, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Starfinder is more based on sort of three point five, so maybe the complexity styled up a bit. Um, but I'm 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 digging it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Does Starfinder still have a lot of bonuses flying around? Just a lot of little plus ones, plus twos yeah. to keep track yeah, of. That totally happens. That is all over the joint. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's that's kind of what three point five was known for. Keeping track of that's not so bad. I mean, you can sort of I just sort of you know put yeah put it next to it and then with a little a little note. Um, I'm actually I don't know if how many other people do this. I'd actually. I'm a good one for using, I have a pages page, I'm a notes page on my iPhone and I'll just sort of go, you know, time date, you know, you know, when I leveled up, I now get a plus one to this just so I know so I remember what it is. Nice. Yeah. It's and definitely I'm a good system. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good one for if, if there's a power that I remember that's funky, but I'll never remember it. I'll just go right and grab the phone, photograph the page, cut out the sides and drop that into, into the, into the notes section. So that that's that's one way that I that I try and keep ahead of ahead of sort of very complex rules. Because I, I know some of my other friends have been have been at you know three point five or whatnot forever, and it's all kind of second nature to them. But you know this I've, I've found that yeah, using the phone like that can can help me stay you know ahead of the curve. Yeah, definitely. Nice. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, any other cool gaming coming up in the near future? Uh, for me, oh yeah, that's a nice little segue. Um, so in about two weeks, for uh, what does that put us? That puts us for. Um, uh, Good Friday in Australia. That's a four-day-long weekend. Not sure about the rest of the world. Um, so uh, down Melbourne way, we have got a uh, role-playing game convention. That's Conquest, and uh, I will be running some demo sessions for Vampire: The Masquerade Fifth Edition. So mm. if if you're in town and want to meet me for some reason and uh, try out Vampire Fifth, see see what it's all about. See what these funky blood dice can do for you. I have two full sets. Um, yeah, come on down, bookie. Um, I, th- you, I think we're running on both the Saturday and the Sunday. It's normally a four-day convention, um, so that, that'll be happening. That should be fun. Yeah, nice. Are you using uh, one of the Darker Days uh, created uh, demo games, or is there a, a new unique one? I, I offered, uh, but there was one that has been, that has been specially written. So we're going to play through the demo scenario of the sad story of John Mayhew. Ah, interesting. All right, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. So a new, unique demo uh, for people to try out over there. Nice. 
should be fun. Someone, someone has dispatched a member of the, a member, uh, a very well-known uh, member of the ministry, and uh, the coterie have to have to work out, you know, who 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 sent John Mayhew onto his onto his grisly end. Nice, I like it. Cool, fun. and uh, yeah, just to do a little news update as well. Uh, Dark Days has a new uh, item up on the Storyteller's Vault, which is Venice Unmasked for Changeling the Lost Second Edition. Uh, people definitely recognize this as a uh, uh, something that Chris originally wrote for Changeling the Lost First Edition, but it's been totally rewritten, re-edited, uh, has new art assets, and looks like a really nice professional product. Uh, with very good rules updates for use as basically the only like fully fleshed out setting for Changing the Lost uh, Second Edition, really Changing the Lost overall. So that's definitely a pretty cool thing, and we'll put a link in the show notes so people can go check that out. And it, it went up a couple of days ago. And uh, Mike, where's it currently sitting on the rating on the popularity rating on the Storytellers Vault? It's the number one bestseller on the Boom. Storytellers Vault. Yeah, yeah, pretty huge. Yeah, taking taking credit for for Chris's masterpiece. There we go. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> well done, <Chris. laughs> yeah, right on. Genius, you. And uh, with that, let's uh let's just dive into our main article of the night, our main segment of the night, which is the world of future darkness. Okay, so World of Future Darkness. So this first popped up in issue 36 of White Wolf Magazine, as we've said, about 25 years ago. So this is written by Deirdre Brooks. It's, what is it? It's like a 10-page article that is specifically talking about what would happen if you took World of Darkness, more, I think more specifically Vampire the Masquerade, and mashed it, jammed it into uh, Artel Saurian's Cyberpunk 2020 system. And so now, in all honesty, I, I, a friend of mine has done this a few times. And when you think about it, mm. it's it's not, you know, it's it's not a, a, a big leap to make. You know, the world, you know, uh, Cyberpunk 2020 was, you know, dark future, you know, this ominous, you know, setting of, of high tech and low life. And the thought there is, well, you know, how would, how you know, how would vampires and how would the supernatural creatures that are already kind of preying on humanity how would they deal with this dark turn that the future's taken? Um, now, in play, I've seen this happen a couple of times, and I've personally found that, particularly with Cyberpunk 2020, it ends up uh, a little bit similar to what we call, um, it's from my French shorthand, we call this the, uh, the eels effect. Now, if you're not sure what that is, um, there is a British comedy show called The Mighty Boosh, and there's a there's a... I can't remember the exact um, instance, but there's at one point there's they sing this song about eels, and I'm not going to talk what, about what the eels are doing, but there's a line in it where it says elements of the past and elements of the future combining to make something not quite as good as either. And mm. I I found that you know often the setting would kind of work, but then you'd end up in what in sort of a system battle. So what happens when you have sort of super science technology? versus the supernatural and we would end up getting into these sort of ridiculous debates about well you know i'm using celerity yeah but i'm shooting at you with a rail gun that's traveling at you know three kilometers a second and it's like well i've, well, I've got a laser gun or some kind of laser particle weapon of course that mm -hmm. does aggravated damage and you know you just end up having these these sort of science versus supernatural debates that then sort of make your head hurt i don't know what do you reckon mike uh yeah i can see that a little bit um there's definitely a lot of this already in baked into the world of darkness in a lot of ways, especially with the technocracy. So I don't see it as much of an issue, but that if does you, have a magical base. Yeah. 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 So I really think this is where the, uh, the world of future darkness article comes in because it gives you a lot of like uh, short, simple ideas for how to mix together cyberpunk 2020 and vampire the masquerade specifically uh, in a pretty like compact and, and short format. Yeah, but but for me, you see, this is this is where this is where we run into for me a little bit of problems because, I mean, vampire, and I guess maybe second ed, it was you know kind of dealing with talking about thematically theme and character, whereas cyberpunk twenty twenty is sort of more about you know 
the more visceral sort of high-end combat sort of things. Have, have you ever played Cyberpunk 2020? No, but I've read the rules, and uh, oh, have you? Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it really tries to to make it a very realistic game, really yeah. realistic combat situations, but exactly. also has yeah. like smart linked guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I what I always what I always loved about Cyberpunk twenty twenty was everything until a gun comes out. You know, so so Cyberpunk mm-hmm. had this amazing story path system, and it had some really interesting things things for you know what the characters are up to and, and what sort of the larger what the larger world is doing. And then, you know, uh, and then it's right, it's time to roll initiative and it becomes realistic combat simulation. And, yeah, that's where, for me, the whole thing just kind of fell apart because you end up with, you know, combats lasting for six hours. It was sort of, you know, um, an emphasis on re- on realistic depiction or simulation rather than sort of, you know, fun playability. Let's let's keep things moving. And, you know, trying to mesh that, that with sort of World of Darkness's, you know, sort of more... more uh, storytelling and simpler rules touch, that's where things kind of fall apart. And or for me anyway, I mean, for me, I, I mean, a big sort of focus of this, of this uh, 10 page article is mostly on the combat stuff. It's mostly on, you know, uh, integrating sort of the cyberware in with, um, with cyberpunk. And yeah, you know, I mean, ultimately I, I kind of would have preferred I guess more of a focus on um, on setting and more of a focus on what are the various different factions up to. Um, one thing that I found is, is actually really interesting. Um, all right, the very first sort of opening um, body para, oh sorry, um, body body paragraph is this uh, fourth is this fourth gen Ravnos, which is an easy like okay, wow, fourth yeah, gen, pretty um, ridiculous. Fourth, yeah, a, a fourth gen Ravnos sends a uh, what's that uh, Magali sends a letter to the Camarilla stating that, or is it actually, oh, let's, let's, let's read directly from the text because that's, sure. here we go. So in a, in a letter, in a letter to the, to the Camarilla dated 1994, it says, you don't understand the masquerade will be outdated inside the next 30 years. Technology has advanced to the point that nearly anyone who, um, who cares to spend the cash can identify kindred. We must be prepared for the inevitable exposure of our lifestyle. The Canile possess the means to destroy us now. What will they have in five years? 10, 20, adapt, die, or get the hell out of the way. Now, when you consider where, you know, um, the current developers have taken V5, that's some hardcore prophecy right there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah. I was actually sitting there thinking that, that it, it would be cool if, if they put, like, some artwork or something in there. Like, you know, Magali was right. You know, Magali is more or less the kindred Cassandra. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. So in the Cyberpunk 2020 Vampire the Masquerade 2020 setting, uh, you know, the Masquerade is about to to fail. You know, there's hints of a second Inquisition coming to fruition and technology is, well, in this case, it's actually being embraced by the Kindred, pun intended. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's almost like a weird alternate reality version of V5 where instead of going dark, the Kindred have gone neon and, well, it's about to bite them in the ass. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, so so because there's kind of a big focus on rules text, you know, this, the the background details that we get, um, the fluff, if you were, it's maybe a mm-hmm. little bit obvious. I mean, so so you get sort of the factions, you know, that, that are there. They're kind of doing more or less what you'd expect, you know. Um, so the Ventral are playing the corpse off, uh, are playing corpse off each other, and they're trying to ma- maintain control. Uh, they mentioned that there's this faction within the Camarilla that are actively preparing for the eventual shattering of the masquerade uh, called was uh, the children of Cartagos. I'm not quite sure where they're coming up with that. Is that uh, more sort of children of um, Carthage or is that a completely other reference? I have no idea. I didn't actually look that up, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. If, you, if you keep going, I can do a little research. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it could well be. Um, now, now the thing that this is, this is where things get interesting, get, you know, a little bit, a little bit, Hey, hey, it's 1994. Um, so it says that this particular um, fourth gen, uh, I think, was it? She gets together with a um, she gets together with a Bruja, and together they come up with their own bloodline, who they name the Cyberpunks. And yeah, mm. they have uh, they they're a lot of fun. So um, they get their own um, they get their uh, discipline spread is celerity, potence, and technica. Weirdly enough, they are three disciplines the Ravnos don't have. So maybe it would have made more sense if they'd come from the Bruja, if they'd been actually spun out from the Bruja. Um, and yeah, Technica, oh wow. Um, hmm. This thing is just so incredibly OP. 
particularly for a cyberpunk game. So it, it uh, Technica gives you mastery over technology. So you can sort of, you know, place your hand on a computer and you control the computer or, you know, place your hand on, on a computer controlled weapon. And yeah, the weapon is yours. I think that's, I think you get that ability. It's something like, I think it's either the second or, th- or, um, or third dot. Yeah. Third dot and power device. <laughs> there you go. Bam, so ridiculous. Yours. It does require the use of a willpower point, which is something to kind of mitigate it a little bit. But a little bit, oof, yeah. <laughs> if you get close to anyone, you can just mess up their day if they use cyberware and that sort of thing. True, true. And actually, since you have celerity, you can get close to people really fast. That is pretty <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about ridiculous. That. Uh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, this... that's, that's another thing. I mean, I mean, that was something that made me laugh out loud because it actively em- embraces that concept. You know, where it says, so what happens if you combine your smart link with your celerity and with with your, adre- you know, adrenal booster and, the and you know, so if, if you combine the metal and the meat and the blood, you get a starting character who potentially has the equivalent of celerity nine. And this article literally sort of goes, eh, it happens. So yeah. Yeah, I, I laughed at that, and that was that was always something that, you know, I suppose it's, well, it's one way to play it. Maybe it's sort of chalk and cheese when it comes to to what Vampire, to what they claim to be going for and what, what the way people actually played it. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> they say they actually say in here that they playtested this. They actually, like, give a, drop a couple hints about how their playtest game went, and it oh, sounded God, pretty yeah. ridiculous. But uh, I this is one of those things where you really have to wonder, like, did you really play test this? Or is this something you just kind of wrote in there and you're like, yeah, it'll probably be okay. People was will figure there, it out. Was there, was there alcohol involved? Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, the other thing I noticed, kind of just going through, before we get into the more rules portion, is yeah. with, the, uh, with the setting, um, you know, some of the clans, they actually do update. They talk about uh, the individualists of the, uh, the Bruja, you know, coming to the forefront and really you know, embracing this, uh, this punk lifestyle and the, uh, the cyber future. But a lot of the other clan write-ups don't advan- mention the advanced setting at all. Like, nope. Giovanni run a business from Venice, and they don't like the Ventru. Or the Nasiratu are information brokers. Malkavians, well, they're insane. And, yeah, it's, it's really weird that they didn't do an update for all the different clans to really explain where they, they ended up in this, like, uh, this 2020 future. And, you know, yeah, because I mean, I, I, mean, I kind I of mean, assume that's a, that's a thread that you can pull out and you can get to some interesting places like, you know, like, well, mm. you know, like, like the Markavian Madness Network, actually, which is I don't know if that was a thing in 94 may have been, but, you know, it's but yeah, but you, you can make some things like, no, no, the Malkavians have gone into some kind of virtual reality world. You know, they are they are, you know, and, and you, you, if you if you want to pull at that thread, if you want to pull it sort of, you know something like the matrix idea if you have well no you have a you have a vampire who's you know who has ghouls who just come and feed him blood daily and he spends his entire unlife online and where can you go with that you know that's maybe you know or you know say, or maybe not the mouth maybe the nosferatu are doing that you know they used to, you know their information brokers um, um brokers and you have sort of characters like, you know, uh, Mitnick or whatnot from Bloodlines who's, who spends his life entirely online. What happens when he gets a cyber deck? You know, that, you know, potentially would have been, you know, a cool thread to pull on. And, yeah, again, I can't I – don't, I don't know how much I can fault the author too much because, yeah, again, she, she did have oh, 10 pages to work with here. It's, it's, it's not a complete source book, you know, so you, you can't quite go too much like, oh, should have covered this, should have covered that. I think, she, I think this, this whole thing clocks in at what? maybe 4,000 words at most. Yeah, it's, it's very short. But on yeah. the other hand, there's some really interesting and cool ideas for other parts of the setting, especially like the vampire hunters. So they mentioned that the uh, the FBI is hiring edge runners, which are the uh, the disposable mortal cyberpunk protagonists, the disposable assets, uh, to help figure out what kind of shadowy entities keep uh, halting their investigations into the paranormal, which I think is like a really cool idea. The FBI is ground down to such a such a halt in its investigations that they have to go to uh, extrajudicial means to to get things done, which yeah, is just so, kind of ridiculous. Which I think, and because because again, at, at this stage, I don't think. I mean, they certainly hadn't put out games like Hunter. I don't think Project Twilight came out. I think at this stage, it was basically just sort of Hunters Hunted. 
Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Year of the Hunter was 95. Yeah, that's right. Is, yeah, that's I believe right. published in 94. Yeah. A little before. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. So, yeah, what else do we have? Uh, we already kind of started talking about the rules a little bit. Um, and one interesting thing I wanted to point out about the uh, the rules here is that, you know, Pete, as you mentioned, it's a lot, a lot of it's focused on the cyberware and very combat focused. Uh, but one of the interesting things is that they say in the book that uh, these guidelines for cyberware are written with the assumption that cybernetic implants will work in a vampiric body, That's which is something I was instantly thinking about. Assumption, yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, vampires are very static creatures, and when they do their blood healing, they can do, they can regrow limbs, they can, um, you know, uh, regrow skin, and that sort of thing which you would think would reject or push away cyberware implants. But the book actually does kind of, or article covers this a little bit, uh, with a thaumaturgical ritual to augment kindred cyberware during installation, because thaumaturgy just solves everything. Yeah. So I'm glad they kind of thought of that, because it was like a, um, it was kind of like a, a big assumption that you had to make, and uh, they at least were, you know, kind of thinking about the setting of vampire in that way. Yeah. Now, and going a little further on this one, I mean, going yeah. a little bit further on this one, they and it, it, it comes up once or twice where they mention sort of winnow. Uh, oh, yeah, and there's, there's there's werewolf packs running around with nomads, and again, it kind of makes me think, oh, okay, like I would have I would have really loved to have seen like a werewolf the apocalypse twenty twenty article because I, I genuinely think because obviously this is this is almost entirely based, you know, with, there is like literally one or two mentions here or there. I think there's, I think there's maybe one or two mentions of mages, and there's one or two, or if that, and I think there's one or two mentions of, of werewolves. But I think, oh man, you know, I, I genuinely think this setting has more that you. Pete, I think that uh, there's actually three articles that they published because oh, wow, the really? subsequent issue, uh, issue thirty-seven, does have another follow-up Cyberpunk twenty twenty uh crossover article which i think is for werewolf we just oh, we just don't have a copy of that right now oh, so maybe yeah. on if maybe for a future episode we future can dive episode, into that and see what happens because, yeah i was saying just just looking at this i definitely think werewolf has a werewolf in cyberpunk 2020 has a lot more legs you know has you know this this sort oh, yeah. of this sort of idea of we lost the war you know gaia has been utterly strangled the weaver has run amok what do we do that to me has, mm-hmm. has 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 a lot more legs than you know sort of vampires running around in, in you know vampires and flying cars essentially. Yeah, yeah, I definitely concur, uh, especially because you already have all the monkey wrenching ideas already built in and baked into uh, Werewolf, which fits in very well with the edge runners of Cyberpunk twenty twenty. So just right off the bat, you're already built in uh, in that way. And it also makes Pentex a bit more interesting because they're in competition with all these other mega corporations. Then, so yeah, maybe we should uh, pick up that article. And uh, if listeners demand it, we'll uh, we'll definitely d- dive into that we will, and we will, uh, we will go see how it is. I'm not I'm off the top of my head. I'm not sure if the complete backlog of the White Wolf magazine has been made available on Drive Through RPG. If if it hasn't, we will we will we will demand so. And uh, I think the last point I want to bring up, especially based off of the nightlife review that we did last week, <laughs> is uh, discussing how cyberware works in this uh, rule set. Because it's kind of interesting. They took the idea from Cyberpunk 2020 that uh, as you install cyberware, it decreases the humanity of your character. So in Cyberpunk, usually your humanity is on a rating of 0 to 100, as opposed to the 0 to 10 or 1 to 10 of uh of vampire the masquerade so basically uh they want you to like decimalize your dots or use a zero to 100 scale and then do humanity loss as you install cyberware just like uh it was uh cyberpunk 2020 so this means that uh you know a starting humanity 7 character uh who starts spending dots spending money on cyberware is going to have their humanity stat drop pretty fast in this setting uh, which I think is kind of neat and interesting, and uh, provides uh, some interesting play. Definitely, definitely puts the brakes on sort of you know the super you know what what we would call locally the super schmuck, the person who's like no no you know I'm a I'm a I'm a vent I'm a 
I'm a brewer and, and I want to go full conversion Borg. You know, I, I essentially want to be boiled down to a brainstem sitting inside a Gatling gun. It's like, ah, steady on there, son. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 going to make you crazy very, very, very quickly. So, um, I mean, uh, admittedly, I took a look at it and it was like, okay, do this and then, you know, divide by this. And I was like, ah, it's probably too much math for little old Petey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think the the main thing you're supposed to draw away from that is that you roll a couple of dice and then see how that affects your humanity. Yeah, and the, the system is a little janky, but uh, it's interesting. I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of weird. Does Cyberpunk 2020 have your character conjure uh, derangements or mental illnesses as their humanity drops? Not at or all. the the okay, okay so from 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 off the top of my head, Cyberpunk 2020. Okay, is the humanity score is pure? Okay, in, in terms of okay, it's it's humanity, not morality. So you can be amoral and evil, and there I don't think there really is any system within within cyberpunk um, that covers that. It's it's purely it's purely the idea that the more you replace your own body parts with um, with cyberware, the less connected from the real world you become. It's it's one of those things that, that they I mean it, one it was it was conceded the game I guess to put a stop to put a stop gap from people just going full conversion Borg I'm now I'm now a robot running around you know destroying everything right, um, right. but yeah and it was, and but it, it is something that you know we have sort of no idea what the psychological well, I suppose there's probably something floating around you know what what the psychological costs would be of completely mm. replacing, you know, large swaths of your body. It's just something that, you know, hasn't popped up because it's it's beyond the realms of, of science. Yeah, so Pete, uh, in the context of Vampire the Masquerade, if you're running Vampire 2020, <laughs> would you have characters roll for derangements as they decrease their humanity through cyberware installation? Jesus Christ. I think that's a big question. Would that make any sense? Is that, I mean, this was this sort of then comes back to the idea of, you know, if, if we're talking about second edition, you know, all of a, all of a sudden you get, mm-hmm. you know, a phobia or you or you develop or, um, yeah, or, or you develop sort of schizophrenia sort of things. I guess maybe that might work because, I mean, it's more... Oh, this is going back a very long time now, but I think it's more you, yeah. you just sort of start getting a general disdain for people and you start, you know, thinking, no, no, you know, metal is much better than meat. And you just sort of start thinking things like, you know, oh, right. I'm, I'm so sick to death of having to deal with 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 my meat body. They're so they're so weak and they're so, yeah, and they're so, so flimsy, whereas, you know, metal is 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 where it's at. Yeah. And in cyberpunk, this gives you uh uh, minuses penalties to your social rules and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing yeah I, I didn't i didn't i didn't post that i, I would probably i mean it depends. If, I, if this is me using sort of the the, the system launch i have now i'd probably just start imposing i think something similar that they have in in uh requiem where it was i think mm-hmm. i think this is something that is where you know um any social role can't you know i i oh i should remember this off the top of my head it's you can't make a social um your social dice pools can't be higher than your humanity I think that was okay, one. That yeah, was, that that, I think that was one that was in there for Vampire Second Ed, and I just sort of put that in there. You know, the the, the more you know, the further you mm-hmm. go, sort of down that road, if you're like, yeah, I'm I'm clanking around with you know two cyber legs and a, you know and a pair of cyber you know and a, a, a Gatling gun hanging off you know I'm um, hanging off my torso, or the old oh what was what was the thing um the uh, the balancing tail, which you could you could you get a full tail mm. at one point. So yeah, I've, I've got one of those. I'd say yeah. yeah, your your manipulation pool. You know, can't go any higher than can't go any higher than four. You know, you can't really seduce people at that point. Yeah, definitely. That, that makes sense. Be, I think that's good. That's that a good uh, even-handed approach. That would be that would be one way to do it if you if you really wanted to go that road. But you see, this was this was sort of the thing that I found where it's, it it does sort of become, you know, it does sort of become. Well, hang on a second. What game are we playing? You know, if you if you go kind of because if people go nuts down the cyberware, they can sort of go. Why are we playing vampire? You know, why don't we just play Cyberpunk 2020? And then it sort of goes, you can go the other route, where if, if you're kind of wholly focused on the vampire politics and you leave sort of the the, the flying cars and the cyberware behind, you then sort of go, well, why are the elements in there? If you, if you go sort of one, then the other, you know, you'll end up sort of wondering why the other one's there. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the cyberware rules, they're really just a combat monkey's wet dream you know we, i'm looking here plus one to celerity plus three to celerity oh, minus three to target number yep plus and... one soak die it's it's all over the place oh um, well, yeah and... very few of these things have anything to do with like uh 
social enhancement or uh, anything that helps you out with investigation. It's they, all they very, very common. They did point out focused. that Dominate works really well. That's, mm, that was, yeah, that's that, was that was their one conceit when they say, here's the combat power, here's the combat power. Just remember your old Dominate kids. And you're like, oh, okay, sure, fine. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. So is there anything else you want to say on uh, the World of Future Darkness article? Uh, in fact, Pete, would you play World of Future Darkness? I, I kind of have in the past, and I'd say, <laughs> right, oh, look, it, it might be fun for a bit. I don't, again, for the, I've, I've, I've had a GM try it a couple of times because he, he's a big uh, Cyberpunk fan, and mm-hmm. I'd say we, it, it runs for a little bit, but if, after a couple of sessions, you do get the which way is this game going? And then you have the whole question of, you know, if are we going more vampire or are we going more cyberpunk? And if you if it ends up going sort of one way or the other, you do kind of find yourself walking this tightrope trying to trying to keep it down the middle. And I've personally found, yeah, it, it, it doesn't quite work. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'd say for myself, I'd play a one shot, but that's it. Just to like goof around to just see what happens. Oh, one shot. Yeah. Well, one shot would be a hoot if you if you embrace the crazy. if you go yep you know if it's or a con game you know if it's if if you're playing a game at a convention we're here for a good time not a long time if if this is if this is going to be like a a three-hour convention game and afterwards we're going to go out drinking yeah this could you could have a lot of fun with this but for for an ongoing Mm. sort of you know for an ongoing deep campaign that kind of tries to do what vampire does well whilst doing what cyberpunk 2020 does well i i just don't quite see the two of them working that way yeah definitely definitely it, it seems like on the surface it seems like it's peanut butter and, and almond chocolate when sort of really it's 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 uh, what's a good euphemism i think uh really it's it's pain it's, it's chocolate and avocado it's yeah two flavors that are great mm-hmm. by themselves but maybe don't go together okay so pete we were going to cover another article, weren't we? Another small ebook that was put out way back in the day. Well, let's do it. Let's. let's I mean, I mean, I mean, the first one. Often, often darker days episodes. We, you know, we do one thing for classic world of darkness, and then we go over, jump over to new world of darkness, and we just so happen that back in 2010, when um, when uh, uh, CCP at the time was wrapping up traditional printing. The very final blue book that they put out was Mirrors, which was a book all about, you know, different versions of the world of darkness where, you know, putting it in a fantasy setting. And at the time I was like, sweet, because it got published. They published, you know, we're going to have science fiction rules. Uh, And then I picked up the book and where's my science fiction rules? And in the end, they decided that Mm. science fiction as a genre, massive, can't really do it justice in a, in a 10,000 word chapter. So we're going to split it up into two. We're going to split it up into Bleeding Edge and Infinite Macabre with Bleeding Edge covering cyberpunk and Infinite Macabre pub, um, covering space opera. So for the rest of the podcast, yep. we're going to talk about Bleeding Edge. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I was, this is a weird time <laughs> just to kind of like mention this. Yeah, 2010 sure. was a weird time for World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, yeah. because they stopped really printing books and they were just putting out all these little mini supplements at the time. And that was kind of this little drip feed well, that were, we got as role players. They were kind uh, of role players. and crude at that point, weren't they? It was sort of pretty much everyone was, everyone was working on, on either Eve or the, the World of Darkness um, online, which, which was, you know, st- Stopped and started over. I think something like two or three times. Don't want to. Don't want to pull at that particular wound because I know. I know a lot of people mm. are still are still quite angry about where that ended up. But yeah, it yeah. was just sort of you know it was. I think you had Rich and a couple of people just kind of you know moving in the background, just kind of putting out what they could. And yeah, at this point, yeah, this this point they were just kind of putting out the last couple of traditionally printed books. I think it was this. It was it was mirrors, and then I think it was Dance Macabre for Requiem, and then I think that was kind of it for a while uh yeah tribes of the moon for werewolf the forsaken and then mage chronicler's guide for mage the awakening and that was it i don't think we really saw anything until pretty much what is it what is it um vampire 20th uh companion or vampire 20th itself i think no vampire 20th maybe came out a little bit earlier Mm. yeah 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 
but yeah, then it was, and then it was just, yeah, that was when the Kickstarter train started. And then we started seeing things, you know, more pop up that way. And then I think, you know, it started, you know, gathering some momentum and we started seeing, yeah, just sort of straight PDF and then print on demand releases. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I, I, the real reason why I wanted to bring this up actually was that it's interesting how when you look at Onyx Path now and how they publish Chronicles of Darkness, they only make, they only publish big books now. It's, it's all stuff that's at least 120 pages or more. Um, and all these little PDFs, they don't put out anymore. And that's more relegated to the storyteller's fault, uh, which I just thought was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, good point. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking about that the other day. Let's get back to the topic at hand, which is, of course, Mirror's Bleeding Edge. So, uh, Pete, do you want to kind of take this away with a little intro on it? All right. So, so this one was uh, written by Rose Bailey, and it's, it's sort of 18 pages of text. So now, when this came out in 2010, Cyberpunk was already starting to feel maybe a little dated. And Bailey sort of opens up with commenting on that and how, you know, how this figures historically, you know, when it first emerged in the 80s. And it gives you a pretty decent summary. Um, now, this is very much sort of a blue, this is very much a uh, blue World of Darkness toolbox, um, toolbox game, oh, sorry, um, toolbox supplement. So mm-hmm. it's, it's again, it, it doesn't kind of give you any definite world. This isn't doing um, Cyberpunk 2020. This is kind of doing the whole broad genre. And within that, it gives you kind of two different versions. It gives you what they call, which they've given their own names. You've got Tomorrow Country and you've got Metal Ground. So now Tomorrow Country is your more sort of straight cyberpunk world where the super, where if the supernatural denizens are there, they're subtle, they're in the background, they keep their distance, they're not kind of moving and shaking, very much in the same way that your traditional uh, New World of Darkness works. All right, so now Metal Ground is uh, less subtle, which is which you have your sort of more traditional early cyberpunk inspired with the supernatural elements right in the swim, competing with all the sort of the big, or dare I say, cliche elements of the genre. So you've got the megacorps, you've got the gangs, you've got the Yakuza versus, let's say, the Lankaya Sanctum or the Pure. Um, so now, in a, in a very similar way to Future World of Darkness, this one gives you sort of the beginning of a system and the beginning of the world to play in, then it says sort of right off you go. Um, the system and the world stuff, there are sort of fine starting places, but unfortunately, once again, it's just 20 pages. And because it's kind of broad and, you know, where World of Future, well, sorry, where world of Future Darkness was giving you the specific world of Cyberpunk 2020, this is sort of the whole genre. And, I mean, what's there is pretty good. And, I mean, um, Mike, I think we were talking about this before we started. Um, Mike, you were saying that um, you really liked uh, the, the system that they've got in place for making mortal characters. Because, remember, this, this is a blue book. So it's, it's designed for making mortals. There's not very much in here that, uh, that is about the various different New World of Darkness supernatural factions. Um, yeah, Mike, so you're saying that about the, um, the system that they've got in place for making um model characters they've got sort of different merits where you have roles and plugins yeah 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 well i mean you can definitely use this uh with a a supernatural template in chronicles of darkness remember this is chronicles of darkness first edition yeah uh which will come become pretty apparent as we go through i've and, been and calling it i've this. been calling it new world of darkness haven't i oh man nomenclature yeah <laughs> uh maybe uh, it's fine whatever you know, every, know what everybody about. knows what we're talking about it's it's been through yeah, yeah. i think we're three or four names yeah, now. Yeah. It's, it get it, it, it does get a little hairy I, I can't imagine the developers going hang on are we talking about classic world of darkness world of darkness one world of darkness <laughs> yeah poor people yeah definitely so um yeah so some of the rules are, are pretty interesting uh just to talk about and see how they succeeded or how they could be improved um so Pete, as you mentioned, there's the roles, which are a merit that you can take. Um, and roles are basically a way to buy a character class for your character. Uh, they're similar to the roles of Cyberpunk 2020, but um, maybe a bit broader in a lot of ways. So you have the role of being the hacker of the group or the face, the investigator or a, uh, a courier or a killer, in fact. Um, and this is a nice way to bring in those cyberpunk jobs while not detracting from the general flexibility of Chronicles of Darkness which I thought was pretty good. As well, you also have the plugins, which are your cyberware. And these are, again, a form of merit that you can take during character creation or by spending your experience points. Um, now, unfortunately, because as I mentioned, this is Chronicles of Darkness first edition, the plugins are actually kind of boring. They mostly boil down to situational bonus dice based on the number of dots that you spent in this plugin. 
Um, and the book only gives you three different examples of plugins, which yeah, is uh, again, again, not a whole because, lot to because work we're with. dealing with because we're dealing with twenty pages. It's there's there's not a lot to do with it. And yeah, I agree. It's it's all kind of it does maybe boil down to the stuff which, as a GM, you could probably come up with off the top of your head. Like it's, right. it's like you know, I have I have you know computer access, and you're like, yep, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have I have Cyberdeck. I have three dots at Cyberdeck. What does that mean? You well, have three, you have your yeah, Cyberdeck plugged in. Three dots you in your computer. Yeah. Right, right, right. And this is where I really wish we could, we could get a second edition Chronicles of Darkness update for this. Because I think if you harnessed the condition system to work with the plugins, that opens up a whole new world. A whole lot of great new ideas for different situational uses, um, different triggers, and uh, uh, other elements to kind of uh you know be able to use plugins without it just being a specific sentence about this is the situation where you get plus two dice for example yeah so i think that could be really cool it also gives you better ways to use your plugins with other characters by just handing them a condition card mm. or by interacting with uh you know non-player characters as well yeah the, con- the condition systems would work with this really well I'm, I'm already just sitting there thinking about it you know I'm, I'm thinking different conditions in my head and you can adapt oh my god well you know think of think of any of the sort of computery tech you know the sort of the tech infused conditions that are already out there for demon the descent they would slot into this pr- you know pretty damn well oh yeah 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 <laughs> oh man that'd be <laughs> yes, great now yeah all right, totally into this. And then we get to the uh, bleeding edge morality system, which is called alienation. And alienation is a it's a neat concept. So the idea is that uh, your character drifts further and further from you know normal society as the game goes on. Um, the problem is that the system is not well integrated into the bleeding edge cyberpunk concept. In fact, it's really just a reskin of Chronicles of Darkness First Edition's morality system. So, you know, Alienation 7, for example, is still basically petty theft. Um, if your alienation goes down to 5, you know, it's still being uh, uh, the resultant from things like property damage. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, it mentions like betraying an NPC. Uh, and one, the bottom rung, is still being a mass murderer. So it's not super interesting or very different from normal Chronicles of Darkness. And yeah, it's still it's still something which is almost sort of very Victorian, you know, that you know, that idea that sin leads to or, you know, sin or committing crimes leads to, you know, sort of uh degradation, you know, uh, mental breakdown yeah. and degradation. It's just we we sort of know for a fact that, you know, after sort of was hundred and fifty years of, of psycho you know, of of, of, of psychology research has proven, yeah, that's not a fact. People can commit people can commit petty crimes every day and it really doesn't do too much yeah 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 but uh but then we get to loyalty and i think this is the little nugget which can really make the chronicles of darkness cyberpunk setting sing um so player characters all have a loyalty number between them uh it's based off of your willpower so you look at how many dots in willpower your starting level character has so like maybe five and then you distribute those around uh between different characters in your party just to represent your relationship, your loyalty to them. Um, so you have to kind of sit down with the entire group and figure that out before you start going on your uh, your shadow runs or edge runs or whatever. So, for example, Pete and I, you know, maybe we have loyalty five, you know, really dedicated to each other. But me and Chig, yeah, me and Chig, we're just loyalty three, you know, pretty strong, but, you know. Um, now, the interesting thing is that if you ever betray that character, your character gets... D- bonus dice equal to the loyalty to that character okay holy shit <laughs> holy shit pete this is this is an awesome system okay so so all right so loyal so they get bonus dice when they attack you or bonus dice against you or that's just an overall kind of it could be against you it could be um any action resulting from the betrayal oh, so wow. for example maybe it could be like you know you're trying to you're trying to hack the door but you can only Let's say you can only get it open for for five seconds. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be too long to get your buddy through the door. You betray them. You get bonus ties to your roll, and then boom, you get through, but they don't. So that's a that's a pretty perfect example. It's a little vague on how the betrayal would work and how it would interact, but uh, I think a, a cagey storyteller can really make this work and flesh out the system mm. a little bit better i really like it could but, we okay could we and again yeah that, that that is very 
that's I mean that's very much of the genre. Would you want to see? Okay, is that mm-hmm. is that something that that you would want to see ported over into maybe Vampire, or maybe something else in in Chronicles of Darkness? And maybe maybe my my uh, next I statement can... to you though would be yeah that's cool. Do you think your players could handle it, or or or, or would it result in some long uncomfortable rides home? Or maybe someone being forced to take the train home because, yeah, <laughs> Chig was giving me a lift, but I don't think he's happy. I don't know. Yeah, you, you definitely is, have to have the is, uh, the right group for it. Again, yeah, I've, I've 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 played some I've played some Shadowrun. I think Mike, you were saying, you know, you've told me before you were running Shadowrun. Um, mm-hmm. Where yeah. I find that a lot of cyberpunk, particularly cyberpunk that is built around the traditional model of we are criminals who are doing a heist. Where I've found that, that it often falls to bits is people go, we are criminals doing a heist, which means we have no loyalty to each other. We're all playing amoral bastards. And they then backstab each other and the game falls apart because the party either murdered or betrayed each other out, you know, out to the companies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see do you, that. Do you, and, and again, do you know, I find that that's just really not conducive to having a long ongoing campaign. I mean, as I said, you know, for a short con game or, you know, here for a good time, not a long time, absolutely that could work do you feel like like putting in a loyalty system could yeah could could be a ticking time bomb for 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 how long your campaign could run the way it's written here where it's just player characters and that's the only time you get the bonus is between player characters that could be that could be problematic but pete here's my hot take here's my hot take on all this so if you read like neuromancer or snow crash um as it is Stop, pause the podcast and go do it now because they're brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. <laughs> in those books, the main character's alienation doesn't really occur because of their own actions, right? That's how the alienation system in, in Bleeding Edge is currently set up. You betray someone or you cause property damage and your alienation goes down or you, you become more distant, right? But it's usually because of the horrible actions of others that the alienation occurs, right? So in the beginning of Neuromancer... Uh, Case has been betrayed by the um, the mafia that he was working for. His girlfriends left him. His uh, his like spine and his neurosystem are all messed up, and that's how he be- he's become so alienated and drifted away from society. So I think that if you adjusted the alienation system so that it was primarily focused on your character's distance to society because they've been betrayed, particularly by NPCs. Um, but it could also be other players in the party. That's obviously uh, one of the most damaging occurrences. That would really make the system come alive and make the characters feel very uneasy with some of the people that they're interacting with. Now, of course, this does mean that you're going to have to uh, come up with a vague idea of different loyalty stats between a lot of different characters and NPCs and kind of keep track of that. So it might be a little bit more bookkeeping for the storyteller, but uh, yeah. I think I think if you went with that angle, that would make Bleeding Edge really come alive. That could really work, yeah. And, and now, sort of, now you've made that observation. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, thinking how it how it works with uh, with with particularly Snow Crash, where if you think of the character of how well do you know Snow Crash off the top of your head? Uh, hero like, protagonist um, and mafia yep. pizza delivery. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was, I was I was more thinking sort of the bad guy character of Dmitry Ravanov, Raven, the guy who's a who's a one yeah the um the guy who's a one man nuclear power because yeah he's he's got a stolen Russian nuclear torpedo. For those who haven't read the book, yeah, here's well, it's a small spoiler, but you find out in the first couple of chapters. Um, yeah, so this this guy has got a small he's he's got a stolen Russian nuclear torpedo hardwired into his vital signs. So if his if his vital signs ever go um ever go flat. It detonates and it's in the sidecar of his motorcycle. So if you if you think about that character and how how he works, you know that character has been more or less betrayed, oh, betrayed by the world completely. You know because he was he was an illusion and his his father. That's right. His, he was an illusion and his father. Don't stop and think about how the times work because now they don't. And his father was a World War Two um, was a World War Two POW. Station not too far from Nagasaki, and then yeah, and then he got he because he got nuked twice by the U.S. government, and yeah, so he's he's been betrayed by everyone. So he's sort of a perfect example of that. Yeah, definitely. So I think I think that could work. And if you start like kind of thinking about Bleeding Edge a little bit more, you know, it takes some effort, but I think overall you could actually get some really cool gaming out of this one. Yeah, um, it's yeah. just it's not like many 
Chronicles of Darkness books from that era of like 2010, 2009, uh, you know, it definitely takes some extra legwork by the storyteller to, to make it work, um, which is unfortunate, but you know, there's some cool stuff there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so right now, uh, Mirror's Bleeding Edge, it's, it's a cool fiver on, um, on drive through RPG. And I say, yeah, look, definitely worth it. It's definitely an interesting little read. Yeah, absolutely. So, Pete, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts on using Cyberpunk and World of Darkness or Chronicles of Darkness games? Yeah, you see, okay, so this is this is where we get a little bit interesting. Okay. And, look, ultimately, I think when you're dealing with Cyberpunk now, I mean, we're recording this in, you know, it's, it's early April 2019, so the very year depicted in Blade Runner. To me, sort of Cyberpunk, the look, I, I love I love cyberpunk. I love as I said I you know um, Snow Crash is one of my favorite books. I I live for Blade Runner. I was I consider Blade Runner twenty forty nine to be an almost perfect sequel. Certainly one of my favorite films of the last fifteen years. But mm. cyberpunk has has really become kind of similar to steampunk in that it's it's a, it's anachronistic and it's it's depicting it's depicting a future as it was envisioned in the past. That we know for a fact, you know, it's kind of not going to happen, and it, it will because it, it kind of has happened. You know, it was originally it was it was a picture of you know high tech and low life, dazzling highs and worrying lows, and we're kind of there, aren't we, Mike? Sadly, to to, to close on a, on a low note. Yeah. In many ways, the world depicted has arrived. You know, we, you know, we live in an age now of extreme wealth disparity. You know, megacorps more or less exist. You know, Apple is Apple has a has a trillion. Does it have a trillion dollar valuation? Yeah, uh, Apple it, has it a trillion dollar. Point, yeah, it did at one point. It's probably dipped down a little bit. You know, you, the one percent now control. You know, was it we have something like two thousand billionaires worldwide, individuals who have just this incredible amount of power. We have private military companies. You know, getting you know doing all sorts of crazy things all over the world but we didn't get the robot arms or the flying cars. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where yeah. we're at. As, as, where was it? The dystopian future became the dystopian present. And yeah, and, and in, in many ways I kind of feel like all the, all the various sort of themes of, you know, corporations and capitalism, you know, gone awry, um, you know, social breakdown, a lot of that is already kind of being integrated into vampire. A lot of those themes are already popping up in v5 you know sort of the 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 tension and the anxiety of the surveillance state has is already popping up in v5 with the with um with the second inquisition you know you have this sort of big parallel there with you know the younger generations of kindred raising against you know these entrenched power structures of the camarilla you've already kind of you know that's sort of mirrored that's a big mirror of what's already kind of happening in the world, you know, with, you know, the, with a lot of the uh, conflict about, you know, just such amazing wealth disparity that's going on. Hmm. So, you know, as I said, said, you know, V5's sort of got already using a lot of those themes. It just sort of doesn't really have the cyber limbs. I don't know. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, they both, both, you know, vampire with its very uh, Gothic punk or now really just punk aspects they have a lot of that discussion of social themes of disparity between different classes of people but instead of the overt discussion of technology which is very important to cyberpunk and this is something that we talked about with uh matt webb back when we did the uh, the cyberpunk 2020 uh setting review and stuff um instead of having that you know discussion of technology and how it affects things v5 has a much bigger exploration of politics how vampires and well really people in general interact when they uh don't have much morality and also really spy games that's that's a big factor in uh in v5 in my opinion uh which is something that cyberpunk kind of alludes to in a lot of ways uh or cyberpunk gaming alludes to in a lot of ways but is a bit more unique to to v5 in the situation well it was, it was cyberpunk was more cyberpunk was it was it was less the sort of spying less the sort of spy you know espionage aspect and more the heist more right, the, we right, break right. in we do this we try and do it covertly but if if it, if it all goes to shit i brought you know i brought my uzi yeah definitely definitely yeah. so it's 
it's not it's not necessary basically um yeah, i yeah. mean it could be cool to to mess around with uh there's definitely as you mentioned in bleeding edge a lot of really neat ideas for integrating cyberpunk themes into your chronicles of darkness games but ultimately both games are punk and have an exploration of you know social disorder so it's it's not necessary to bring in that technology into the world of darkness or in the case of cyberpunk it's not necessary to bring in fangs and body horror really um it's not going to enhance that uh that general exploration of uh what's going on in society through the context of quote unquote the future yeah cool pete anything else <laughs> any final statements no, I think we've. I think we pretty much brought that one up. And as I said, I'm, I'm. I wasn't actually aware coming into this. I wasn't actually aware that. Yeah, it looks like there's some. There's some other articles floating around that will cover cyberpunk. You know, um, integrating with um, either either cyberpunk 2020 or um, any other sort of over, over or cyberpunk in general, integrating with some of the other game lines. So I think. I think. You know, so I think definitely, as I previously said, I think there's some more legs with you know putting in you know sticking it into. Um, Sticking it into uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. What would you reckon if you? Okay, so we'll just we'll touch on this a little briefly, but okay. Of all, well, let's, we'll we'll do this one. All right. Of all of the, we'll do both game lines. Of all of the classic World of Darkness, which one do you think would be the most? Which game line would you most like to see, sort of, you know, given a cyberpunk lens? For classic World of Darkness, for one World of Darkness, which one would I want to see? Um, or, 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 or which do you hmm. think works? The, you know, would work the best. Uh, interesting. I've thrown, I've thrown you a curveball because because we didn't discuss. Yeah, you this really, in you really did. Uh, Sorry, I mate. Do, I do like <laughs> Werewolf. I wonder what would happen with Demon the Fallen. That would be really weird. Damn, that's because a good all of the all of the the faith aspects. I've never read a cyberpunk novel that really concerns itself with religion. So that would be really new ground to tread. And that would mm. be very interesting to think about. So that's what I'm going to go with. I think that would, uh, that's not the best probably, but it is certainly something that would be very unique, a very interesting combination between the two settings. All right. So now my answer to this question, so we'll, we'll talk because, all right. So we've, I've already previously said, yeah, I think, I think werewolf has some legs, but it's probably just going to be utterly depressing. Um, I think the probably the same thing you can say would be, I think you'd probably say definitely the same thing about maybe mage because if you're playing tradition mages, you know, technocracy of one, bam, there you go. Yep. <laughs> right. So that's, that's probably depressing. Um, no shit. Well, I, I suppose it, it might be piggybacking a bit on yours, but how about Hunter? Yeah. Hunter. But it's okay. How yeah. about, how about Hunter? But, but it, it takes more of a broad theme. Like, like you have sort of regular people who are then imbued and they're not necessarily, you know, sort of using their funky powers to go after supernaturals. It's more, you know, sort of raging against, you know, mega corporations and injustice. What do you reckon? Or is that maybe we're now? Congratulations, Peter! You've just made the a whole other role playing game, or it's, it's it's now New World Order or something. Well, no, this is actually the same problem that's occurring right now with the uh, the Storyteller Vault update for Hunter the Reckoning. Is that They've they've changed it so that the hunters are not only raging against the the supernatural that they find, but they're also raging against social issues and the corporations, oh, go, yeah. that sort of thing. So you really just create <laughs> werewolf all over again, right? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, good point. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of what happens when you take away that um, uh, focus on the supernatural. Uh, you kind of really just tread the same ground as as werewolf, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. Good point. Now. For Chronicles of Darkness, I'm just going to go ahead and say straight up: when you look at Bleeding Edge, you got to go with Changeling: The Lost because ah, I know, I know, I know you're going to say it. I know you're going to say it. We can both we can both talk about it right now. But we have that alienation stat. I would add that in along with um, the uh, clarity of Changeling. Except in the context of Changeling: The Lost, The Lost would probably start with alienation of one. They would start start at the very bottom rung. And they'd have to build themselves back up, uh, yeah. which I think would be a very interesting journey for them to kind of reintegrate back into society, which is one of the major themes of that game. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that's certainly true. I'm trying to think. All right, so for my pick, um, 
Demon's probably Demon the Descent's probably really, really, really obvious. Mm, right. I mean, you can go with Changeling <laughs> again. You can go with Changeling, but take a different no, direction say, with it. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Demon the Lost, but you know, again, because you can just go, yeah, the God Machines just you know lost the plot completely. Um, you know, right particularly on. in this sort of yeah, that's that's one way to take it. Actually, um, you know what I'd go with because I don't know the argument could be it's already there. Oh man, Deviant. From from what we've already seen of Deviant, I think I think Deviant would work with Cyber with with Cyberpunk pretty damn well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what's that? What was that? Um, that TV show from the early two thousands. Um, There's a few of them. There, Dark right? Dark Angel was that the one? That's like obviously. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Was that yeah. The, the, uh, just, uh, a young Jessica Alba with James right. Cameron producing? Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's it. So that is that is very deviant and very cyberpunk in a lot of ways. So Bam, that would be uh, that would be a very easy uh, thing to go with. Nice. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right so I think we covered it. two pretty interesting uh, articles here, and uh, really gave you some new ideas to you know integrate and mix together a World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, and maybe a little bit of Cyberpunk twenty twenty. So mm-hmm. definitely cool stuff. Pete, do we have uh, anything else we want to mention before uh, hopping on over to just uh, our closing uh, little plugs? Um, no, not really. I think, as, as I just sort of said, um, so yeah, in, in a couple of weeks, I'll be running some V5. And if you're in Melbourne around the time, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see you there down at uh, the Conquest Gaming Convention. Okay, right on. So, of course, uh, we'll put some links in the show notes to that, uh, which you can find, of course, on our website, which is uh, darker-days.org. Uh, if you want to send us an email and tell us that you like this episode and you maybe want to hear more about those other two uh, World of Future Darkness articles, uh, you can send us an email over at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com or uh, maybe tweet us at darkerdaysradio. Uh, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash darkerdaysradio. Uh, we've got Discord, which has a link in the show notes. We've got Instagram. We've got, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes. We're everywhere. So definitely uh, hit us up and uh, tell us what you think pete of course thank you so much for coming on the show i know it's pretty late over there and uh, it's pretty early in the oh, morning here it's but, pretty uh, early for you mate <laughs> see i was it's for, um uh, when we started recording this it was around nine ish on a saturday night which is not too late most people tend to enjoy sort of a, a late evening on a saturday and mm-hmm. given the given the vagarities of well not the vagarities it's it is, it is international dateline it is constant what what time did you have to wake up mike uh, my alarm went off at five thirty in the morning, and oh, uh, you're a good man. Yep, you're we're drinking a drinking a second too. glass of tea right now, and uh, just psyched <laughs> to uh, psyched to live out my Saturday now, half yep, asleep. See that he has he has a whole day. You see, I, I got you up good and early. You know, have the whole day to yourself. Oh yeah, I'm gonna clean my you're apartment, gonna, and you're gonna go back to bed, aren't you, mate? <laughs> That's fair. I, That's I am totally at some fair. point. I am at some point. <laughs> oh, nice. Pete, again, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I know it's been a while, uh, and you know scheduling can be a little bit of a hassle, but uh, really want to have you back on the show sometime soon. Maybe for an actual play, maybe for another uh, great discussion like this. It's uh, no problem. It's always, I will, always I will, a pleasure. I will. I will definitely talk about talk about the additional um, worlds of future darkness uh, articles um, once we hunt them down. This should this should be a lot of fun, and I'm, I'll, I will totally come back for those. Okay, right on. To all the listeners out there, thank you, Darklings, and Take it easy. Have a good night. Good night. This episode of Dark Days Radio uses music from Occam's Laser under private license and Cynics under Creative Commons license. Be sure to check out and support these cool artists. So Pete, we uh, immediately after recording, we downloaded the other two issues of White Wolf Magazine uh, just to just to see if there's any cool like Werewolf the Apocalypse ideas, right? And uh, wh- what 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 do we find? Uh, so we found that yeah, the part two was Chronicles in Night City. So it's a, it's a little okay. guide to uh, doing more vampire things in the sit in Night City, the the primary um, setting for uh, Cyberpunk 2020. Okay, okay cool, 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 yeah. Any interesting ideas for, for werewolves or mage or any of the other, you know, any of the things that aren't vampire? Nope. Crap. Nothing much there. Crap. Okay. Well, wait, wait. All right. Let's, but let's, Pete, let's... Pete, Pete, what about the third article? Maybe that's where it all is. I'll just bring that up now. The third article. 
is called Gypsy Switch. Wait. The World of Future Darkness. Wait, what? Wait. No. No. No, they didn't do it. Yep. They didn't do it. No. They did not tie this in with the worst World of Darkness book ever. No. I don't know if it's... I, I hope not. I don't. I think it, it might just be someone called Gypsy. I'm. I. I. They're I'm both. Just both looking over the article now. Pete. They're both published in 1994. I wouldn't put it past them. Oh I'm my gosh. Looking. Oh, what are Bear we? Bear with me, mate. Pete, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? <sighs> do we review these, or do we do we come up with some fresh, new, cool ideas for listeners about how to use Cyberpunk 2020 and Werewolf the Apocalypse? <sighs> Or do, oh, we, do we cover oh, both? Oh, sorry, no, I'm 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 reading through it now. Okay, there is yeah, there's a there's an article. There's a I'm just sort of as as you're speaking, I'm just sort of looking over the the article and there's something labeled finding finding the wandering the wandering gypsy. <laughs> oh oh no, they didn't do it. Yeah. They did it. Okay. No no. It, 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 there's some okay. So clearly clearly, dear listeners, that's what was missing. That's what was missing from Cyberpunk 2020. Was gypsies magical? Hooray! Magical Romani. <sighs> it, it would it would seem so. White Wolf Magazine, magical. everyone. Lots of interesting stuff in there. Let me tell you, a lot of stuff that didn't make the cut <laughs> for World of Darkness source books. Yep. Uh, all right, everyone. It's a, it's a oh, hang on. It's it's a it's a Ravnos. It's a it's a gypsy Ravnos. That that isn't yeah. any better. That isn't any better. Deirdre Brooks seems to have really liked the Ravnos for some reason. They got their own bloodline. They got their own little right up to the Camarilla as the Cassandra of the of the, the Kindred. And now an entire yeah. adventure about them. Weird. Yep. All right. Well, listeners, we just wanted to put that little update in the end of the episode right here. So you didn't get your hopes up. We, we might not be doing a full, but we will, we will come back and talk about maybe integrating werewolf and maybe, yeah. maybe another one of the maybe another one of the fact maybe another one of the lines into cyberpunk stuff. But yeah, it, it, I don't think we'll do a full review. Actually, the other thing we didn't bring this up, but the other thing that the first article <laughs> mentioned was mummies and how they integrate. It's only like a paragraph and some other little notes, but I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's the old like 1992 uh, World of Darkness mummy, which was a really cool book actually. Yeah. All right, everyone. Anyway, just want to give you that update and uh, sadly, take it easy. Sadly, there will, there will be no gypsy switch. Our apologies if anyone got their hopes up. Bummer. All right. Bummer. Anyway, Come take it easy and have a good night.